You're listening to the Alex Wolf Audio Odyssey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Um, we're going to give a little context. This is my uh, my friend Haytham, oldest friend here. Um, Haytha uh, studied, uh, well, you got a major in history, right, from UFT? Yeah, that's correct. And you've been fascinated about Egypt since, what, seven years old? You were little? Yeah, that's a good memory you got. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely correct, yeah. So seven much that, uh, when was it that you, you started a course of reading of hieroglyphs, right? Or like reading yeah. and writing, or what was that course that you started? Uh, so it was reading and writing uh, Middle Egyptian specifically, um, okay. including hieroglyphs. Yeah. Why the fascination with Egypt, Egyptian history? Well, I mean, there is there are really many reasons why I'm fascinated by it. It's not exclusively Egypt. I, I just really like Egypt. Uh, one, I guess, being of Egyptian background, it it makes it easier to you know. Um, uh, it just, it was a coincidence, I guess. Right. And it was sort of like a love at first sight. I just was fascinated by their history since I, I first started studying it back when I was a kid. Um, but, uh, I, as I grew older, I, I suppose, um, my fascination with Egypt was mainly because I feel because of its long history, um, very long history, you're able to almost study humanity's evolution to a certain degree um just studying that history uh, just so, egyptian history you mean just egyptian history wow yeah not not in the sense of course uh, i mean you could basically use it as a standard um for human evolution basically or human not human evolution in the biological sense but in the in the cultural uh and anthropological sense okay and is there really like a starting point if you're going to start uh, studying Egypt uh, history, Egyptian history, is there a starting point that you suggest or like it piques your interest more? Like what era, what year? For, for myself, I mm -hmm. have a particular interest in two eras, I suppose. But for, for the average person, it re really depends on what type of history they're into uh so if you know some people are into construction or architecture so for that i guess the pyramid era would be very fascinating uh for myself i i particularly like what is known as the amarna period which was like a period of religious turbulence um i also like the prehistory which is basically the root of it all like how this culture became what it is, um, the unification of the country and, and that sort of thing. Um, other people, uh, for, for instance, a lot of the people I was studying with were interested in it because of biblical reasons, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not particularly fascinated by that era, but that's also um, a, some sort of fascination for some people as well, right? Um, so there's, oh, and there's other people that are, for example, fascinated during the, of, excuse me, fascinated with the Greco-Roman period, um, uh, which is also a very interesting period as well. So you said prehistory, what, what does that exactly mean? So Egypt, here's what I was talking about earlier with like cultural and anthropological evolution. Um, Egypt was essentially the first nation in history. Like unlike other 
um, nations at the time, or actually not even at the time because there weren't even nations at the time. Uh, most cultures or civilizations were city-states, right? Okay. They weren't a unified entity. Okay. And like multiple that, cities together, you mean? Exactly. Okay. Right? I see. For example, if you take a look at Greece, there was no such thing as Greece. It was the Spartan Federation. Um, it was the, or the Spartan faction, uh, whatever way you would like to refer to it, or the Athenians, right? Um, or the Thessalonians, or the um, various city states, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and colonies, really. Um, for Mesopotamia, it was the same thing. There's various city states, um, and depending on the which city state was most powerful, the power shift would move towards that. So, for example, if it was the Sumerians who were the most powerful, we would it would be the Sumerian civilization. Um, and if the Babylonians were now the more powerful, it would be the Babylonians or the Assyrians. It, it was just city-states. Egypt, okay. on the other hand, was an actual unified country. So the prehistory would actually go into... So the unification occurred in thirty-two around 3200 BCE, right? So the prehistory would be anything before that. And you would have all these... You would actually see... Here's where the cultural evolution would come in, you would actually see various city-states or various unified factions coming together um, and trading or um, making war with one another. Um, And they're basically different cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Some were known as like the battery culture. Um, Others uh, were based off... um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but there was like, for example, Macratus, right? Um, or, uh, again, I can't remember off the top of my head. But point is, prehistory would be basically various cultures that were in place in Egypt um, that basically established the whole cultural roots for the actual civilization of Egypt, including the language. What did they speak... Would it be ancient Egyptian or, or like what would be the language back then in that era that you're speaking, that you're talking about? So I guess we would call it Egyptian um, and we would refer to it as, you're, you're correct, uh, ancient Egyptian. Okay. Um, but I guess typically it would be Egyptian and it would be uh, broken down into Old Egyptian, Middle Egyptian and Late Egyptian. Now... What what's the difference uh, from Egyptian and like uh, Arabic? There, is it, is that's, it almost that's like a, a very good question? Yeah, I like that because <laughs> I think there's a lot of misconception um, amongst people, and they think that Egyptians are Arabs because they mm-hmm. speak Arabic. That's not true. Egyptians actually are Egyptian, and they have their own language, and it's called Egyptian. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of confusion with that as well, is because of the word Coptic. Um, Coptic is just another word for Egyptian and you can call the Egyptian language Coptic or you can just simply call it Egyptian but the correct form is Egyptian because Coptic actually refers to script Um, and it's derived from the Egyptian word Gipti um, which literally means uh, it's hard to translate because Egyptians didn't have a concept of the soul but it would basically be the soul of a god who is named Ptah. 
Um, and he was specifically a god, a patron god of the city of Memphis. Um, so, yeah, it would be called uh, Egyptian, and Egyptians technically are supposed to be speaking Egyptian, but nobody really does. It's just spoken in churches now. Do you, so you're saying back then in this era that we're speaking about, there, Egypt was the only, can we refer it as a country, I guess, uh, multiple yeah. cities working together. What would be the, what was it like living there? Like if you were, we can get like a little picture or video or something that we could see <laughs> back and how they lived. What was it like? Um, well, it depends on the time period. I, I think, uh, if we were able, if we would have a camera or a video and see how they would live, uh, the problem is that we'd probably see this society from our perspective. So <laughs> I'm sure everything would seem very backward to us. Um, uh, but as if you were to see it from that era's, uh, point of view or perspective, um, it's, it really depends on the period because it's such a long history that it would really depend. Uh, it would very highly depend on what period you're talking about to answer that question. Okay. So why don't we pick a period? And so we're not, like you say, we could be jumping back and forth and war could be taking down the, uh, the technology or it could be just a mess. So what is the best period that you're most familiar with or you'd like to talk to people um, about the most? Well, I think one of the coolest periods and, one of the periods that fascinates people the most is the the pyramid era mm, okay. um and that yeah. would be the old the, that would be the old kingdom um okay and were both all three pyramids built around the same time they were actually yeah that's correct um so basically the most the the whole pyramid era started with um a king named joser um and his architect his famous architect his name is uh, imhotep Right. You see it often in those movies like The Mummy, that that guy, Imhotep. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, he was a famous uh, engineer um, and a doctor. He was many things, really. He was what you would call a Renaissance man. Right. Um, we're not really sure if he really existed or if this is some mythological character. Right. Um, but anyhow, someone at the time, we'll call him Imhotep, um, decided to take the regular construction of tombs, which at the time was called a mastaba. I don't know if you're familiar with a mastaba, are you? No, no. What would they be look difference? Like what was the difference between the pyramids and the mastaba? So the mastaba, it's hard to describe. It's just like almost like a a rectangular or a it's maybe a uh I wouldn't say a rectangular, maybe more like a trapezoid um construct. Mm -hmm. and that's what it was right i mean initially it started off like as a grave into the ground and then they started building more eloquent eloquent graves the mastaba okay. which is like a trapezoid and then this this architect Imhotep, decided well why not um add more trapezoids on top of each other so stack them up into like almost a pyramid shape, shape but more like a step pyramid mm -hmm. um so that was the first pyramid now Afterwards, they started getting more and more complicated with the design of the pyramid. And um, so a king named Snafru uh, came along and uh, they decided to build a true pyramid um, with all smooth edges. 
but they, this is the, imagine, like you have to consider this, right? Because I don't think people understand, understand the scope of this construction project, okay? Is that these base, these people were basically very simple people. Like they had virtually nothing. So like we have something we, where we could build our imagination from, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of precursor. These people didn't have that, those things, those luxuries, right? So they're essentially creating these things, these ideas, these structures from nothing. Okay. I see. Like how they say that right at this, like right now, everybody's inspired or works of what is built, right? Societies at this moment is where we build on top of our ancestors, right? Of what they've created. I guess exactly. they didn't have much. It was just literally, oh, well, why don't we put a bunch of rocks together? And, and that's brand new, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, you didn't even have paper. I mean, well, in Egypt, you did have paper. Paper was created in Egypt through papyrus. Um, but I mean, like this is this is a people who had a very sophisticated type of writing. It wasn't easy to, to do math. Like we didn't have the luxury. They didn't have the luxury of zero, for example. Right. Not everybody was educated. Right. Uh, only really the, the royalty could be educated. Um, and imagine you have to grab stones and labor and all kinds of uh, factors are playing into this because this is a huge engineering project. Just, just like we have like, you know, the public works like the Hoover's dam, um, or any other major government project that we would have today, you have that back then, but you don't have the same machinery, the same, uh, funding, the same labor, the same technology that we have drills and trucks and cranes to build this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that just gives a little bit of scope into the, the amount of, um, <laughs> amount of labor, uh, and, 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 and it's, it's just a lot of stuff that you have to consider. Right. Um, so anyhow, so they decided to make this thing with a smooth, like a smooth side sided pyramid like instead of all pyramid. the steps like uh, you see in the mayan uh right. pyramids right exactly right um so uh they they built it but they miscalculated right um and basically because of the miscalculation of the slope the pyramid if they continued the way they would have would have caused it to collapse because the surface under the pyramid wouldn't have been able to hold all that weight mm. Right. So they actually had to recalculate the slopes um, in the middle of building this thing. So they recalculated that. And you actually see now the pyramid today and it's actually bent. So you see that you see the angle and is it leaning one way or do you mean like it just the angle changes inward a little to recalculate? Exactly. The angle changes Uh inward. Yeah. So it's a bent pyramid. So you see it going and then like, you know, um, you see like half of the pyramid mm-hmm. in a certain angle and then the other half in a much narrower anger, uh, angle. Um, <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we call the bent pyramid. And then they're like, okay, same king, Snufru, right? Um, Snufru it's a, it's that, the same uh, the guy that did the first pyramid with the steps, right? No, a different king. Okay. I believe it was his son or grandson, something like that. Because the two um, or three generations later, this one came. Yeah. Okay. They, around then. I, I don't know specifically. You'd, you'd have to really look into mm-hmm. the dynasties. But it, it, it's it's basically within that same era. Okay. okay. Um, it, it's known as the pyramid building era. So 
Um, and it was a whole culture unto its own. So like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like, oh, Egypt is, Egypt. no, no. These were different cultures. This, remember the history is so long, right? It's over 3000 years. Like Cleopatra's era is closer to our era than it is to the time the pyramids were built. That's what? how long it is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so this is how long this civilization is, right? Um, so anyhow, the, this king, Snufru, after they built this, this bent pyramid, so now they learned from their mistakes. They're like, okay, now we know the proper slope and the par- proper calculations that we need to build a true pyramid, okay? So what did they do? They went another, and built another pyramid. It's called the Red Pyramid, right? And this one is actually the first true pyramid. When you take a look at it, um, it's called the Red Pyramid. It's beautiful construction. Um, and you see it and you're just like, wow, like it's, it's just utterly fascinating because like I said, you could see the progress. It's not only like people are like, okay, or, you know, a lot of Egyptians are very proud of this, but I think it's something that humanity itself should be very proud of because this is an achievement of humanity. Um, it's finally, they're able to build this, you know, mammoth monument basically. Um, and you could actually see the steps, the mistakes that were done and the determination to to build this thing uh, going back to what you said like we could you could see literally humanity's evolution not in the biological way but like culture or and maybe learning or however you want to phrase it just looking at those pyramids right as in you have you're the very first one people get inspired of this huge pyramid it's like you're born you see it every day and you're like you know what i can do something much better than that so could you could we say like those are the beginning steps of the evolution stepping on the shoulders of their ancestors to make keep building and building better things and bigger things. absolutely yeah absolutely um definitely not even a quite i mean the amount of imagine like see the interesting you you have a lot of people that are very critical of the pyramids right they they say they were built by slaves now this unfortunately is one of the biggest lies in in history and unfortunately it's it's caused by people um, because they believe in certain religious uh, mythology and they misconceive um, that mythology or their religious beliefs and they associate just because their little stories tell them slaves built this doesn't mean slaves built this thing. This actually, if you study the economy of Egypt at the time, they didn't have something called money, currency like we do today. They were based on a barter system. So they would trade goods exactly between each other exactly so you do this job for me and i'll feed you okay you see what i mean i see how in our mindset that could be seen as slavery because they're not being compensated with currency right yes but that's actually uh they don't even look at like the people that claim that uh slaves built it they very specifically say a certain uh people um who didn't even exist at the time Uh, this the pyramids existed long long before their uh, actual appearance as a civilization as a people um who claimed to uh have built um this monument and and who were saved by some you know in their mythology Mm -hmm. they believe in a certain prophet and they believe that they were saved uh from building these these sites Mm -hmm. right um but the truth is i mean you have myth like mythology Mm -hmm. stories right and you have fact and science um, fortunately, is based on material evidence, not just stories and rumors, right? So we actually have um, the the tombs of the builders. We have the 
the construction sites and the villages of the build the the builders and we have little um ceramics with writing on it that have the records of you know workers pay like how much you were compensated um sick leave um even wow. like yeah like we have some some things like like um uh, shards of uh, pottery with writing on it for example where people um the guy had to take a leave for example because his wife was angry with him <laughs> um, or another guy that wanted to brew some beer. So, uh, you know, he wanted time to brew some beer. Now, obviously any time off at the time, I mean, you still didn't have the same union benefits that we would have today. If you had, if you took time off, you had to make up for it. Okay. There was no two ways about it. Right. Like people were very strict at the time. It wasn't like a, you know, like a very lax society or it's not a lax society that we have today, but they were much stricter at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But the point is, and we have like the the evidence of of food, of grain, of meat, of fish. Like these workers were really, really well provided for, and you had the best doctors in the kingdom all at this workers' site. And we actually have evidence of bones healing very quickly and, and well, um, and that people were healthy. They were taken care of. Like this wasn't if they were slaves. They just like you know when the Romans built the Colosseums. Mm-hmm. Like these these. Slaves are mistreated. Slaves, they don't, you know, they're, unfortunately, they're a commodity. They just, they're used up and people don't really take good care mm-hmm. of them, right? Um, this was actually a very expensive construction project. Okay. Right. So, um, anyways, going back to Snuffru's pyramid. So, you have the first true pyramid. And then that basically is where the big pyramid, so Snuffru's son, um, who's called... Um, uh, Hufu, and in the Greek, we call him Cheops, right? He was known as Cheops in the anglicized or angelicized form. Um, and he's the one that built the very big pyramid that uh, Egypt was famous for. Is that the red that, one or the know, very first one? The Great Pyramid. That's the huge one that... Um, so that's that's Snuffru's son. So you remember, so when Djoser, mm-hmm. who built this step pyramid, okay. Snuffru, who built two pyramids, the bent pyramid and the the red pyramid? Okay. And of course, there are minor little pyramids that they built for their wives, their their court, like people in their court, um, you know, the architect and that sort of thing, right? Um, and then you have Cheops or Khufu, um, who built the Great Pyramid, and then there's Khufu's son who built the uh, another one of the Great Pyramids, the second Great Pyramid, and then you have um, I believe it was, uh, so Khofu's son is called Khafra. Um, I believe the Greek form of that is uh, Hephren. Um, and then you have there's, uh, his stepson, I believe. I can't really remember exactly his name. Uh, Mankare, right? And Mankare built that, the smaller of the Great Pyramids. So as you see, there are like three um, giant structures, right? And the Great Pyramid, just to give you... Um, so insight here, it was, I believe it was the tallest building on earth until the Eiffel Tower was built. What? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. You maybe want to just confirm, okay. I don't know if okay. it was the Eiffel Tower or maybe some lighthouse um, built later, but yeah, it was the tallest building In that building era for where very, we had manufacturing, we had, you know, like civilization as we know it, right? Okay. Yeah. That's, so. that's crazy. That's so, okay, so I was confused at the beginning. Were the first, uh, the step pyramid and 
the Red Pyramid, those are not the three great pyramids that, that they're famous for, are they? No, okay, I see now. So that's where it began. Yeah. And where are those other pyramids located compared to the three great pyramids? Um, that's a good question. They're they're close by, but they're not in the same area. Okay, so they're in the city. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, the, the great pyramids are in Giza, mm -hmm. what's in, what is in modern-day Giza. And I believe... I, I don't want to give any wrong information. The Stat Pyramid is in a place called Saqqara. Okay. Right? Uh, but we, that uh, can, that's a standard fact. We don't need it. So if they want, we can Google it. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. I see. Yeah. So they are pretty close to each other. So what was going on in, in that location that it had so much innovation? Well, was it a mentality? What do you think? why why so much innovation is going it's happening there like what's going on around the world as the three great pyramids are being built do you know anything like uh, are the romans is that the roman era or no no the romans were like like i said like cleopatra's era was, was okay. closer in in the roman area it's closer to our time than it is so what was time. happening around um, the world in the era where like the pyramids were being um, there wasn't much happening in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm I saying? Mean, as in, like, what was going was on? That place was churning out all this innovation, all this. Yeah, well, Mesopotamia was also like in Iraq, present-day Iraq, mm -hmm. right? There were there were some pretty cool stuff there too. Um, not at the same scope, not at the same level. Um, in in what was in present-day Lebanon, like Byblos, um, you know, there were. A, incredibly amazing merchants um i think what it is uh, is is egypt the, the advantage of egypt like see mesopotamia was more um war based okay okay and and that was the thing society with egypt i think that's also what makes it really unique is so a lot of modern people look at egypt at the time and they'll judge it by today's standards and especially our democratic mm -hmm. standards being in a demo living in a democracy right and they'll be like oh my god you know here's a king who wanted to build this man-made mountain just for his ego so he can put his dead body in it right and well you could look at it that way right and that's i think a really um short-sighted way of seeing it and kind of ignorant because you're really looking at it from our perspective mm -hmm. now the perspective of that society at the time um, and not considering the beliefs of that society at the time. Uh, or you could look at it as well. Meanwhile, in other places in the world, um, people were coming together to kill other people. Okay. It was a more of a, right? a war based society. That was, that was their goal exactly. conquering or at least defending themselves. If they're close by to somebody who's trying to conquer, right? Exactly. Right. Whereas in Egypt, um, that wasn't the case. It was uh, let's get together and build stuff. Okay. Right. So that's actually a really, really unique um, feature that Egypt has. Now, I think the reason. So going back to answering your question about why why all this innovation, I think that innovation actually has to do a lot with the geography. So Mesopotamia, Greece, Lebanon. Um, all those places, even Europe at the time, in, in China, 
all these places were very, very difficult to survive, right? And you had all kinds of nations around you, and basically resources were scarce, so people had to fight, or they decided to fight, right? Like, I don't know if they had to, probably at the time, considering what they knew, that was the best option for them, right? Um, Survival of the fittest, really. And Egypt, on the other hand, the geography really helped them out because you had this Nile River that just passes through the whole country. Um, It's the longest river in the world, and it creates a highway through the whole country from the top to the bottom, right? And then surrounding that area is this huge desert called the Sahara Desert. Um, Nobody can really cross that desert um, because you will die. And then to the northeast, you have another desert, the Sinai Desert. And then all other um, aspects, or geographically rather, uh, other aspects of the geography were covered by ocean, whether it was the Red Sea or the Mediterranean Sea. So you had this place that was very, very well sheltered with this natural highway just going right through it. And that highway also would have an annual flood leaving extremely rich soil, extremely fertile soil that would allow um, plants to grow very easily without effort, right? With very little effort. Now, obviously I'm exaggerating a, a, a bit. This was still a very like tough place to live. I mean, you had crocodiles, you had hippopotamus, you had all kinds of stuff. But the point is that safety gave Egypt a certain culture where they were much more peaceful. They could um, enjoy leisure a lot more than other nations or other Flexibility, people. Flexibility, you know, to work um, on other things you. other than surviving. Yeah. Culture, right? Culture, exactly. art, and exactly. everything in between. You got it. Right. So um, that's, that's really what caused the And Of course, the, the beliefs at the time, and the beliefs were really came from the prehistory. Um, the beliefs having to do with death. Now, um, remember what, why, I mean, I like to ask this question, well, why did they have this? Why was death so important to them? Because imagine if you were living at the time, people were dying left and right, right? Like people didn't live to the ages that they were living to mm-hmm. today, right? They didn't, they weren't healthy. They, they would have all kinds of, you could die from a cavity, like a tooth infection. I mean, even today you can die. From a tooth infection look at coronavirus today right like we even with our technology and, and my people are dying, then, right i see it so yeah. death was it was everywhere uh daily right? occurrence right exactly right so um i think this is also a technological innovation um, aside from law as well like having a legal um uh constitution or some sort of set form of law is the is the whole I, I guess a religious um, perception of the world. Now we call it religious. I call it religious just for lack of a better word. But at the time, they didn't under, didn't have this term religion, or at least not in Egypt. It was religion is actually based out of a, a Greek term. Egypt they didn't really have this concept of religion, and we keep looking at their society in terms using that word religion, but it's really incorrect because what they considered what we call religion to them was actually physics. Physics. The word physics just means reality, right? So um, they had a word called Heka. And Heka, 
unfortunately is translated as magic, <laughs> but it shouldn't be translated as magic. Right. Because again, like, just like they didn't have the concept of a soul. The problem is we keep, um, what's the word superimposing our ways of thinking on their society. And then we understand their society based on mm-hmm. our normal ways of thinking. But we have to understand these were completely different people, completely different culture who had their own thing going. So what their religion was, was actually their physics. They just believed that the world worked that way. So what we see as gods weren't really gods to them. They were more natural forces. That's why I use the word physics. Now, of course, their physics was completely wrong, right? Like they didn't have the scientific method like we do, but they had some sort of um, understanding of the world at the time. Okay. Um, and that Heka is what we'll call their science, right? Um, because it's basically Heka, basically like the more correct translation amongst Egyptologists or in a hieroglyphs, I wouldn't translate it as, as magic. It's more like doing things indirectly. All right. Now, because they didn't have the same, they didn't know what atoms were. Right. So they didn't understand the electromagnetic forces or, or um, quantum physics, for example. Right. But basically what I'm trying to get across is so throughout prehistory, based on their experiences with the nature, the elements, they were able to um, gather certain uh, laws of, of nature. Right. And amongst those laws that they perceived to be true. Okay, uh, based on what they their code, their uh, essential uh, yin yang type thing called mat in their language um, is, you know, life and death and the cyclical um, ways in life. You can see that like they're the best example for this. And this is really like in the backbone of the religion is the sun. Mm-hmm. So the cycle of the sun. The sun rises and it sets, right? So everything in their mind is cyclical. You have day and you have night, right? You have life and you have death. And, it's, and you have the Nile flood, which brings uh, water to the land. It fer- fertilizes the soil. The soil becomes rich. The, the plants grow and then they all die again. And the cycle re- re- repeats itself every year. That's actually how they were able to create the first calendar, um, based on based on the floods, five day calendar, um, because oh wow, based on the floods, yes, um, yeah, exactly. So everything to them was cyclical. That's why I say it wasn't religion; it was more physics, because that's how they understood the word world at the time. It was really based on their environment, right? Um, very. So this happens. Then this centric. happens. Just like a so trial and error. Yeah, they learn from what they see, right? Exactly. So in their perception, there is life after death. You see what I mean? So to them, they would, in the prehistory, you started seeing an extreme amount of care putting, put into starting to take care of those dead bodies. Uh, because imagine like you have people that you really love, all right, and you hold dear to you that are dying, right? You're not going to just want to accept the concept of they're um, gone. No yeah. life after death easily. Exactly. Especially if the world around you, you including the sun, it nice. lives, it dies, and then it lives again. 
it's reborn. And then yeah. the same thing with the river, right? Um, it rocks, so why it, it falls, the, and it comes back. The, yeah, the exactly. soil. Death worked the same way, exactly. right? Okay. Oh, that's fascinating. That's very fascinating. Yeah. yeah. You got okay. it? Yeah. So um, to them, it was like, okay, so we have to um, do certain things in order to ensure that the dead will keep living. Okay. Now, here is an, a very important concept. Uh, Egyptians were more materialistic, okay, um, compared to other cultures. Now, in, our, in today's world, you know, with physics, we know that the world isn't really uh, material, right? I mean, it's in quantum physics, it shows that to us, right? Like, um, it's, it's really, I'm not going to go into that, but um, you would need a physicist to explain that. Um, but, and you would have other cultures that weren't so materialistic and more like spiritual, mm-hmm. like Christianity, for example, or the Abrahamic religion, right? But Egypt was very different. They didn't believe in that whole spiritual aspect. They didn't believe in the soul, like the Greeks. So they believed in materialism. They believed in your body, that mm-hmm. your body is, is you, right? And you need your body in order for you to exist. I see. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Right? So, um... Basically, again, the environment plays a role here. Now, Egypt is a a very hot country, and it's a very dry country, with an exception of the river, right, that flows through it. So naturally, in prehistory, you would have bodies that were actually preserved by the heat. I don't want to go on a leap, almost like drying meat. (laughs) Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, there you go. Actually, that's correct. Because jerky was was okay. back, they had beef jerky back then, right? Not not only Egypt, like many prehistorical societies had things like pre, pre like beef jerky because they needed to preserve okay. food on the go, right? Um, and they would preserve it through the heat. So it's essentially the same thing. So they would find they've made this observation, right? And they realize they're like, okay, well, we could preserve the body by removing the moisture from the body because that's exactly what the dryness and the heat did, right? And they found they had huge um, salt deposits of what we call natron. And they would use that to start preserving the bodies, right? So you could see all this evolution, again, in prehistory. You see these little steps that humanity is taking, right? Uh, in the cultural sense, in the, the, the sense of the afterlife, the sense of the understanding the world around you, um, in beginning to develop writing. And I'll go into the writing thing as well, because that's really interesting. Um, and essentially developed this unique culture that basically says, well, you know, like you need to have some sort of balance um, and you need to preserve your dead Mm -hmm. so that they can live again. Right. And they will basically, the idea was the sun rises from the East and sets where, where where does the sunset? Yeah. I'm not sure about, yeah. No worries. So it rises from the east and sets to the west, right? So when people die, they actually follow that same journey that the sun is taking. So they're also leaving life and dying with the sun. They're not technically dying, but they're going into this, uh, this, this, uh, what they call in their language, the duat. Um, I'm not going to go into that right now, but what they call the duat, it's just like this, other realm right um and then after they pass through that realm you know and they have to if they go through certain 
um, obstacles and whatnot. And apparently, in their belief, the sun actually goes to to these same obstacles, right? Okay. Um, Every day. Exactly. Every day. So Mm -hmm. it's always a fight to survive, right? Um, And they believe the same thing, so that they also have to go through uh, that fight to survive. So anyhow, long story short, um, one of the ways you could survive, so there's Mm -hmm. aspects to you, right? There's your physical body, right? There is your name. Right. And there is something else called the Ka. And the Ba is more of your physical, your physical body. Um, but again, I want to try and keep this simple because it just gets complicated. And it's a lot of it's theory anyways, because we don't really understand it. Um, but the point is, one of the ideas was if your name lives on, then okay. so do you. You see what I mean? So they built these huge monuments to basically establish that, hey, look at, you know, this is me, like I'm a king, like I am, I am, mm-hmm. I'm, th- that's one theory, mind you, like, like, so that people remember his name. And to this day, mm-hmm. we do remember his name. We know who built it, for example, right? Um, another theory out there as to why these pyramids were built was more like a um, gateway to um, the heavens. Right. It would essentially launch his ka. I wouldn't say soul. It's like cause something different. I don't know how to describe it. His essence, his spirit, uh, it, into into the space or into that realm, the duat okay. realm. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, another theory, based on what we call the pyramid texts, where which were like writing found on some pyramids. There's hun- like over a hundred pyramids that were built. Right. Um, so some of them had these texts in them, these writings, and they're like what we would call spells, what they would call science, right? Um, very faulty science, um, but they believed it nonetheless. Um, as to how to keep the king alive for all eternity. Let me see what I mean. Um, so that he could, he can come so back to life. Here's my question. Where, like I'm, is, I'm not died. understanding it. So the sun goes to the other realm uh, when it's dark, when it's night, and comes back in the morning. When do they believe mm-hmm. they're coming back? Mm-hmm. Or do they believe it's just you, you are now in that new world? When do you make your journey back? Yeah. Okay, so that's a very good question. Yeah. So um, okay. basically, no one can come back to our world, right? Um, their world, they're, and it's really... Um, uh, there is the mythology myth, myth of Osiris, right? Who was the first um, king, essentially, after the god king. Uh, the god king was essentially the sun, right? Um, and these, like, again, the, the the thing is, I think these are this is all theory, right? Because we don't really understand the stories unless we perceive them in our way, right? Like, you can't read a really ancient book and with all these all the symbolism and, and pretend to know what the heck they're trying to say, right? Uh, everyone's going to have a different interpretation. Um, so in their story, there is the God King, which is mm-hmm. the sun God, um, Rei. And that really, again, that depends on which story and which cultural creed. Because in Egypt, there were many religions. It's not so much many, sure they had many gods, but they also had many religions, many different beliefs. So anyway, anyhow, one of the myth, myths 
uh, that were was very prevalent was there was a king called Osiris, and he was a very just king. He taught humanity how to farm. He taught them how to write. He taught them to respect each other and to be good to one another, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and he had a brother, uh, Set, and Set, out of jealousy, killed the brother Osiris. Long story short, uh, Osiris's wife did some science, you know, what we would call magic today, right, uh, to revive her husband so that she can mate with him to have a son. But he ends up not making it, and he dies anyways. But she was mm-hmm. able to conceive a son from him through that magic. Okay. But, and this is, there's a very important lesson here, right? Is one, you can't really come back to life, this life. Okay. But Osiris goes to the afterlife, right? And because he's a just man or just king, um, the gods honor him, right? And they, they basically make him the king of the afterlife. And the afterlife to them is something called, um, it's, it's at the tip of my tongue. Okay. <laughs> um, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. But basically, a world like Earth, but not Earth. And in this world, you still have to work. You still have to do stuff. But you don't feel, you don't have any injustice. Okay? So you still have to labor. You still have to, because to them, labor was a good thing. Right. It wasn't like, you know, in Abraham include religions, how labor, uh, well, I mean, with an exception of the Protestant religion, but, um, but, but still kind of even in, even the Protestant religion, it's still kind of looked at as a, as a punishment. Like I remember in, 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 in the Bible or in Genesis, it says that, you know, Adam and his children will have to labor and work hard for their, to, mm-hmm. to reap the fruits of their labor, basically. Right. Um, and deal, you know, with and, uh, the other scriptures say mention like thorny plants and all kinds of, you know, pains and toil and whatever, right? In Egypt, it was actually very different. No, labor was considered a good thing, right? Like you have farming in eternity, like in eternity. Because think about it, man, like people back then must have been mm-hmm. really, really freaking bored if they weren't working. Like you don't know how to read or write. <laughs> you, you don't have... um a PlayStation, you don't have a computer, you don't have any books. Reproducing. So what the heck are you going to be doing? <laughs> and your leisure then we're going back to work. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. Right. So, um, and imagine also I during see. the flood time, you couldn't really go farm. So you had a whole bunch of like useless people just sitting around doing nothing. Right. And it's why maybe one of the other reasons why they decided to do build these huge construction works to maintain the country when mm-hmm. you had basically huge, massive unemployment, right? And people sitting around, which would cause problems because it does, it causes revolts, it causes issues. And it did later when the pyramids stopped being built, that was exactly the thing that happened. But yeah, we were I'm digressing. Well, where's the cycle? Um, because you're saying you how me? everything for them what? is a cycle, right? And how the sun goes down, it comes back up. So oh yeah. They believe- so they just they go to the other world and that they still were there that's right i'm trying to understand why they do the pyramids why they dry their their meat suits you know like how does that help them in the afterlife yeah so so basically um this isn't really like it's not very well understood but the theory that we have as to why they preserve their body is because mm-hmm. 
on that journey, you remember how I told you the sun takes a journey where you have to fight certain obstacles? Sure, sure. Let me just give you some, uh, uh, one of the stories. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the sun was known as, mm-hmm. as the Rey, right? And the Rey, almost like Rey, right? Um, and Rey would have to go and he would fight this, it is symbolic, right? Uh, this huge snake, right? Uh, called Apophis, right? Or Apep in, uh, in Egyptian, right? And a pet, basically, if a pet devoured you, you, you were non-existent. What, like in, in Abrahamic religions, what they would understand is hell. Okay. So that would be their hell, ceasing to exist, right? Um, so basically, the sun had to make this fight every single day, right? This, this god, Rei, would fight a pep, okay? And a pep represented a... a a certain physical law in Egyptian um, understanding of the universe. Because in, in the Egyptian understanding of the universe, okay. the world always existed, right? The universe always existed. Um, but within this universe, you basically had two major forces. You had Ma'at, which represented like balance and order. Um, and you had Esfet, which represented the opposite of balance and order, right? Um, basically entropy, you know? Um, so... Ray would constantly have to, every day, he would have to fight against the Pep in order to return the world or keep the world within balance and order. Because to them, again, the world was constantly a fight between entropy Mm -hmm. and keeping balance. Make sense? Okay. So basically, that's some context. So they thought that after you die, you have to go through that same journey that the sun is going through and fighting a pep, but instead of fighting a pep, you have certain obstacles that you would have to go through, right? So okay. instead of fighting a big snake, you have your own snake to deal with, right? Like your own obstacles, right? Um, and basically, it's not only that, you're, you have to be righteous. You have to be good. You have to be a representation of Ma'at. Now in Egypt, it wasn't like, again, in Abrahamic religions where you have the concept of sin, you know, and and, you know, you, you, you could even either be evil or you're a good person. No, they didn't have that concept. What they had is a concept of balance, right? They knew human beings were imperfect. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes. The point is you have to just be balanced, right? You don't, you can't, you can't be it, evil. Yeah, it's, it's like, not a point like basically where you reach and you're like, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> or, or like, oh, no, now I am bad. So there's just an yeah, in-between, a gray area that you have to live in the gray area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there we understand the balance. Yeah, um, it makes sense. Balance, to us right? Now. Like, just like, uh, um, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. There you go. So, um, as long, uh, but that's not the only way you could get into the afterlife, right? There is, I guess, this also changed with time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I didn't really want to get into it because it evolves throughout the history. But um, one of the things is you also have to go through these obstacles, right? Um, and they used to, used to have these little books of the dead, um, or what we call, what's actually called in their language, the book of going forth by day, because you're following the path of the sun, right? Um, where you would have to, there were like little secrets on how to deal with these, with these obstacles. Talk about your salespeople at the time, you know, you, you're, yeah. you're scammers, right? That were essentially BSing you. <laughs> so you, you would little book. So they would sell so you these little things when you die. So they you go on oh, okay. journey. <laughs> I see. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, right. Um, and they would they would tell, and they, 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 they mm-hmm. the king they would sell it to the king. The right. kings the pyramid texts talk about like this, right? Um, so this was the religious belief at the time. So uh, the the pyramid could have simply been a testament at the time compared to religious considering the religious beliefs on how to deal with one of these obstacles, mm-hmm. right? Of of how to really live forever. Um, now the body though, going back to the body, why you have to preserve the body is because if you don't have a body, you can't really go to the afterlife because they believe you still, you still have to go back to your tomb. Like it's a journey. So the, you're doing you're the journey, uh, going defeating to, your right? snake. So you still have to go back after, after defeating the snake. What's the yeah. next step? Okay. Then you get to enter the realm of Osiris, um, okay. which is basically what we would call paradise. But, exactly. But to them is like an earth like okay. ours, just without. That's There's just a complete, complete balance mat. to it. So complete justice. Okay. There's no misfit. And then. Yeah. Yeah. In their it's eternal own bliss. It's utopia. Utopian, right? Because we can't put our own beliefs and our own thoughts of what the best yeah. world is with our beliefs now. But what is heaven, I guess, exactly it's their own way. So that's why maybe like you're saying, there's work in their afterlife. It's, conf- it's yeah. very confusing. Eh? Like I'm, I'm doing the best I can to, to like stay with you and start oh, understanding. Yeah. But yeah. wow. So it, it must be, I'm sure there's a ton of things that we don't understand about them. And every time we find something different, it could change everything we believed on um what we thought about the ancient egyptian or the era wow that that's the thing like there's mm-hmm. that's the thing is there's so many theories out there right and nobody truly knows i mean you'll get all kinds of egyptologists that will pretend like their theory is the right theory but we don't first of all there's many religious beliefs okay there isn't one you know how mm-hmm. like even today like even the major religions we have today Right, whether it's Buddhism or or like Buddha, take Buddhism for example, right? That has many different sects. You know, you have um, what's Zen Buddhism, which is different from other types of Buddhism, for example, right? So it's the same thing here because you had such a you had a whole country, man. Like it's a big country, um, and each region had its own little beliefs, right? Um, so. In that regard, it is, it's definitely confusing. It's very contradictory, too. Uh, and we also tend to mix up things. Like the Book of the Dead, for example, um, we know, for example, came later. Mm-hmm. In the later period of Egyptian history. Not so much in the Old Kingdom. In the Old Kingdom, also, the afterlife, as I mean, based on what some Egyptologists say, was exclusively for the king. And the king had to go to the afterlife in order for there to be balance hmm. in our life here. Right now, this changed after the pyramid building era and during the middle kingdom, it was open to everybody or people universally believed it. Now it could simply be the reason why people or Egyptologists have come to the conclusion. Some Egyptologists have come to the conclusion that it was exclusively for the king is simply because the king, this was the king's religion. Just because the king believed in that doesn't mean you believe in it. Maybe you believe in something else. 
because we do know that the cult of Osiris was prevalent and people were still mm-hmm. burying themselves and putting the effort to preserve themselves. They were just not building okay. elaborate mountains, <laughs> man-made in, mountains. In that era, still, you know uh, what I mean? Um, the Great Pyramid era, was there religion persecution in, or was were they more of a, like you were saying, there's different religions, different beliefs. What was that uh, climate like? Um, the ancient period was actually kind of cool like that in general, okay. um, is that they were very tolerant to religions. This wasn't only okay. Egypt. This was Egypt. This was Mesopotamia. This was Phoenicia. This is the only people um, that weren't tolerant <laughs> were, were uh, I, I hate to say it, and I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody, but were the Abrahamic religions. Um, uh, and some of the Roman, like the Romans uh, as well, to a certain degree, only the Romans are actually very tolerant and, and respectful of other people's religions. Um, but when it came to, so long as it didn't, I see, you know, yeah, I come was in the way to, of Roman not interest. Not to change subjects, but yeah, I was talking to my girlfriend, right. I can't see. And she's, oh God, I don't even know what she's studying or she already graduated, but basically she's studying religion. And uh, she was letting me, telling me how the Jesus was crucified, the, the Romans crucified him, but they didn't want to because they didn't really care about what he was doing, like the w- whatever religion he was starting or whatever. They didn't care because they accepted everybody, but the, the, the Jewish uh, people Mm-hmm. pushed and created chaos for the Romans to, to crucify Jesus. So I just, I didn't like, I just find it fascinating history wise. Right. I'm not very religious myself, but yeah, it just, I don't know. Yeah. I found that fascinating. Yeah. And it's, it is true. Actually one of the biggest cults in Roman history was the Egyptian goddess Isis. Um, one of the great, the greatest gods in Greek history was Egyptian god Serapis, who was Osiris and Apis. Uh, and and Egyptians had the Phoenician god Baal. Are they um, mm-hmm. so I mean you actually know the word uh, the name Isadora or Isadoros? That's or Isador. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, gift of Isis, right? So um, those the people at the time were far more tolerant and more open to to religions. Um, I mean that's actually an extremely interesting subject, uh, especially during the uh, Greco-Roman period of Egypt, because during when Christianity actually came along, uh, Egypt actually is very integral in modern in in Christianity in the development of Christianity. Right, um, the oldest Bible is actually the Egyptian Bible. It's written in Egyptian um, that we have mm-hmm. the, the oldest Bible that we have a record of, not the oldest Bible. And we don't have we don't have the oldest Bible, right? Um, but the oldest physical copy of the Bible that we have is was found in Egypt and is written in Egyptian. But during that period, yeah. I hate well, to move all the way up. forward. Not, you know, <laughs> well, they but, can pause and um, just, or, just or turn it off. But yeah, this is interesting to me. Yeah. So, so let's go on. So during that period for which Christianity came about, um, Alexandria and Egypt had so many religions. You had the you know ancient Egyptian religion. You still had those beliefs, but by then they were already very like a lot of it was diluted. Because it's so old that a lot of those teachings faded or changed over time. And it became more cult-based. You know, how we have this understanding, I remember in school, with this stupid misconception that Egyptian Egyptians, you know, were yeah. very like... Like the Sphinx or They whatnot. just worshipped animals, right? Like, 
no, that was, yeah, that was actually in a very late, much later period of Egyptian history, right? Whereas in the earlier Egyptian history, those, just like the writing, it's just an abstract symbolism. And these gods or these physical forces were represented by different animals. So one god could be represented using many animals, right? Because those animals symbolized a certain feature. So it wasn't exclusively one animal because the, the god wasn't the animal. The physical force was just represented by a force of nature, whether it be the sun, whether it be a ram, whether it be a bull, whether it be a cow, right? Um, like the Milky Way, right? For example, um, was represented by Hathor, right? And one of her animals is the cow. Now, what is the most evident thing of a cow yeah, when you look at a big. cow? What is it? Yeah. Usually spotted, right? There, there you go. What, now, the Milky Way is basically a whole bunch of stars, mm -hmm. right? In midst of this black space. Mm -hmm. it's, so, in other words, it's also spotted. You see what I mean? Now, and the horns were symbolized to carry the sun. Now, Hathor, the name literally means house of Horus. Horus in other stories of Egypt was was the sun, right? So she is the house of the sun. So the Milky Way houses. Wow, what? you're going right over my head now. <laughs> you're Does getting complex. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So they were de depicting different <laughs> for what the different things the the gods did or they represented, no? Mm-hmm. What they had in yeah, hand, physical right? forces yeah. using these different, um, exactly right. So going, but going back to uh, Greco-Roman Egypt, though. So basically, you had during the time of Christianity. So this is more Roman period, obviously, right? This is after post zero BC, um, post zero. Sorry. So now it's we're entering the AD. Uh, you had the ancient Egyptian religion. You had the cult of Osiris and Isis, very prevalent around the Roman world in general, a huge cult, right? You had temples of Isis in Rome itself, right? And Serapis all over, right? Um, you also had the great philosophers, right? Who were known as the Neoplatonists, okay? Now, Neoplatonists, and, and you had the Stoics, right? Um, who were based on this, you know, Stoicists from Zeno. Um, and in addition to all that, you had Christianity, right? And you also had something called, um, there was this like religion based on this, this concept of uh, Hermes Trimegistus, who was like uh, a manifestation of the Egyptian god Thoth, who in, his, in the Greek language was known as Hermes. Um, but my point is you had all these religions in this country. And that's the type of religious tolerance you had. Now, unfortunately, when Christianity came along, right, right that it got rid of all that. <laughs> when the Roman Empire mm -hmm. um, established Christianity as the main religion of the empire, uh, it abolished everything else. So um, Hypatia, who is a Neoplatonist, um, Neoplatonist, just to give you uh, some perspective on the Neoplatonists, because they're brilliant. Like you read into them and you'll be like, wow, these people are fascinating. They're essentially um, the precursors, precursors of our modern day physics. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they believed in atoms. They believed that the world was composed of atoms. Um, they're the ones that uh, established that the 
um, uh, Earth revolved around the sun. It was actually Hypatia. Um, formulated all kinds of mathematical theories, um, and 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 like not only her, but the school of Alexandria, which was called the Museon, where our word museum comes from. Um, and all kinds of like, like there was also like another scholar in Alexandria in the museum. His name was Heron, right? Hero, right? And wow. he created the first steam engine, right? Um, this isn't like, th like 30 AD. So it's, it's, it's pretty old, man. Like it's very old. Now, when Christianity came along, unfortunately, when it was established as the main religion, the, mm -hmm. oh yeah. And also, by the way, there was another religion that was very prevalent, Judaism. So you had Judaism, you had Christianity, you had the Neoplatonists, you had the Hermes Trimagistus, you had the ancient cults of Osiris. Huge and, melting the Roman gods and everything. Greek gods. Wow. You had like this, this heat. Like, how long? How long exactly. did that last? Exactly. Like, you had Buddhists. Buddhist is there months. a period of a number that it lasted with relative peace until Christianity came along? Okay. Um, during the Greco-Roman okay, so era, there together, was no peace. But <laughs> coexisted with very chaos chaotic. Limits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, like you mean these religions? Oh, no, no. The religions lived together peacefully with an exception of Christianity and Judaism. Right. You had the Jewish riots constantly. You also had Christian riots constantly because uh, the Christians don't really tolerate, didn't really, to the Christians, all these people were pagans and heretics. Right. So um, they, they, you know, they're all going to hell. <laughs> if you didn't believe in Jesus, you were going to hell. Right. It's that simple. So. Basically, when Christianity was established as the religion of the empire and all other religions were abolished, um, the Egyptian language was also uh, died. And they closed the last temple um, in Pillay, I believe, in like 300 AD. But one of the interesting facts of what we were just talking about, you know, those different religious beliefs is Neoplatonists, one of the great philosophers, Hypatia. Hypatia tried to stay neutral to everybody at the time. Like she wasn't anti-Christian. The pagans were pretty anti-Christian at the time, right? Like if you remember in the Romans during Nero's wow. time, they were throwing them in Colosseums and they were burning them alive and stuff, right? Yeah, so they, they weren't very, uh, so it's not to say that the pagans weren't, or what the Christians would call pagans weren't um, exactly peaceful towards the Christians either, right? Um, but, just to give you some background, so Hypatia uh, was killed by during the Christian riots. Um, there's actually a famous movie um, about it uh, with a famous actress. I forget her name. She's married to that James Bond guy, um, Daniel Craig. Um, very good movie, though. Um, but yeah, she was essentially stabbed to death in her bathtub, and then they took her then body Alexander and dragged question. it across the streets of Alexandria. Uh, uh, the library, right. library of Alexandria, uh, is that what it's called? Yeah. The museum. Yeah, so it's called the museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, sorry, the, the, the museum was more of the university. That's the one that burned and down. Supposedly, the university also had the library of Alexandria. Uh, texts that had a lot of technology and history and everything. Yeah, yeah. So that actually burned down first um, by the by the Romans when Julius Caesar conquered Egypt. 
Um, he used, I believe, can't remember what he established as the fort, but there was a mm-hmm. fire and it burned a huge portion of the library. Right. Mm-hmm. But the library was still in existence. Remember, it was a library and a university, museum, right? Um, and that basically the rest of it was unfortunately destroyed during the Christian era and the Christian rites because it contained pagan texts, you know? So, um, unfortunately, cause that's a great body of knowledge. I mean, like I was telling you, Alex, like mm-hmm. they formulated the first steam engine at the time, man, like Aristophanes, right. Calculated wow. the circumference. So of all the that kind of information would time. have been kept there, you know? Um, I see. Wow, this is. Oh yeah! Wow, I feel like my brain's yeah. overloading. Like, is this so fascinating? So, so much to talk about. Um, I think we should wrap <laughs> it up a little bit with. Uh... Um, from what we like, we from our history, like okay. what we know, like I don't like being. I think it's one of the nations that are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Mesopotamia was also, right? Uh, Mesopotamia was more city states. So I mean, if you were to argue in terms of city-states well egypt had city-states before mesopotamia so technically they were older but you can't look at it that way either right like mesopotamia for example um like we can't be so definitive like there's no such thing as mesopotamia or um anyways that's just the mesopotamia literally means like the land between the two rivers or the rivers so it included all the cultures at the time like biblos for example is one of the oldest cities in the world um older than the Egyptian civilization, for example. And that was in Phoenicia. Um, so, and there were great trade centers. So my point is, it's definitely one of the roots of civilization, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't give it like the exclusive uh, place well, of the- Thanks for uh, having this chat with me, man. It was uh, very informative. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Um, World history. I mean, I think what fascinates me even more than world history, uh, Egyptian history is um, the history of Earth um, and human history, like humanity as a whole, like evolution and that sort of thing. Um, natural history is even more fascinating. Right, we'll opinion. have many more podcasts but yeah, with you, Hayes, bro. Just absolutely love thank it. You for, thank you for connecting. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Please share and subscribe to the podcast if it brought you any value.